Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to NFL Live. Coming up on today's show, it's a busy one as always. DeAndre Hopkins, six-game suspension for now. We'll tell you the latest on his hope to get that number reduced. And Tyreek Hill has a podcast and has said a lot so far this offseason. Again, making headlines about a quarterback he may have played with or is going to play with this upcoming season. We'll get you all caught up on that. And speaking of quarterbacks, last year's class loaded. We're going to dive deep onto these second-year quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick. Mac Jones, the number one overall player from that group based off of last season. We're going to dive into all five first-rounders that all went in the top 15. And with that, we say hello. Welcome to NFL Live. Right here, Kimberly Martin seated and in studio. Always great to have Kimberly here. We've got Teddy Bruski and Rob Ninkovich, Team Patriots, in the house today. And we've got yes. plenty <laughs> to get to. But you know it's a big college football story when we are talking about it on NFL Live. As we have breaking news into NFL Live that Arch Manning, the number one overall player in the class of 2023, and of course, the nephew of NFL legends, Peyton and Eli Manning, the grandson of the great Arch Manning, has committed to the University of Texas. What a coup for head coach Steve Sarkeesian, a player who has been on the recruiting radar for years. Still going to be a high school senior this upcoming season. He took to Twitter, his first ever tweet. Last I saw it was over 20,000 retweets. He is committed to the University of Texas. Hashtag hook him. All right, Teddy. What are your thoughts here on the next manning up as Arch has stated his collegiate intentions? Yeah, there's, there's only one high school name and player that can lead off NFL Live. We're not talking NFL. We're not talking in college yet. We're talking a high school player that is committed, and that's Arch Manning. Of course, from the Manning family, just football royalty. I mean, the, world, the world's a better place. The world's a better place when there's a Manning playing a quarterback somewhere. Will he get to the NFL? I don't know, but there are a couple guys in that picture right there that uh, took some titles from Ninkovich and I, and uh, I'm sure he'll do the same. So all I want to do really is wish Arch the best of luck at Texas. Hook him, buddy, and go have some fun. Yeah, it's exciting. It's very exciting to see a young Manning coming up. And, uh, yeah, we, me and Teddy, we have felt some pain uh, from that Manning family. But, uh, again, it's really cool to see. It's really cool to see a, a young Manning in the, in the family that's coming into college. And guess what? We don't know where he's going to go but he's got a good pedigree and he's got some good DNA, that's for sure. I gotta be honest, I'm just shocked that our guys, our Patriot guys, they are big enough to say congrats and they're happy to see another Manning take the next step, hopefully towards the NFL because yes. they, I've covered some Super Bowls with Eli and Peyton and uh, I've seen them win a couple too. So. There's like a Pavlovian reaction from Teddy when you say that name. Be careful around <laughs> here, Kimberly. Uh, and by the way, not, not to look too far ahead, but. What fun is it to just live in the present? If, and this is a big if, Arch Manning does in fact become the starting quarterback as a true freshman, the first road game currently scheduled for Texas in 2023, 
against Alabama. Nick Saban and the Ooh, Crimson Tide. Boy. I am already Ooh. making my plans wow. for the fall of 2023. <laughs> All right, now we get to the NFL. And as things stand, Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first six games of the 2022 NFL regular season. Previously didn't seem like that number had a chance to be reduced. But Hopkins spoke recently on his suspension and his desire that perhaps that number could dwindle. You know, doing some some research right now, um, you know, so hopefully, you know, before the season start, you know, maybe we can get the games down a little bit. But no, nah, that wasn't on me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a natural, um, I'm pretty much a naturopathic kind of person, man. Uh, you know, and what it was, it was called Osterin. Uh, and it was 0.1% of it found in my system, uh, which is, you know, uh, if you know what that is, you know, it's, it's contamination, not something directly taken. All right, so Kimberly, what's the latest on the suspension for D-Hop? So I did some research, too, after hearing the comments, because back in May, DeAndre Hopkins had actually withdrawn his appeal for the six-game suspension. I checked in, and from what I was told, there were no changes. No changes were anticipated between the team or the league as far as the suspension goes. So as far as we know, the six-game suspension will be upheld. So his comments I found very interesting. Okay, yeah, me as well. Kind of, I was sort of thinking to myself, I thought this story had already wrapped up. Mm -hmm. Perhaps a little bit of life breathed into it. But Hopkins was also asked about his confidence in his team if they have to play without him for those first six games. Take a listen. I've been good. I've been good. Uh, Recovering, healing. Unfortunately, you know, I got to miss six games. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, the team will be ready, and uh, I'll be ready when when I'm up. Uh, I'm a competitor, so, you know, Anytime I'm not on the field, you know, for me, it's frustrating. Uh, but, it, you know, that's, that's, that's the NFL, next man up. So, uh, you know, I have no doubt in those guys, that, you know, to win those six games until I'm, you know, I'm ready. Well, how's this for a three-game stretch to begin the NFL season? The Chiefs, the Raiders, the Rams. Three teams who, of course, went to the playoffs last year, even though ESPN's football power index feels as those are, those are kind of toss-up games. The back half of those first six games, they're going to be a little bit more favorable for the Cardinals with games against the Panthers, Eagles, and Seahawks. Perhaps Carolina and Seattle, even on the road, could be winnable games there. Teddy, this is a tough schedule for the Cardinals coming out of the gates. How many of these games, I mean, can they win these games? How many can they win? Yeah, Field, I'm with you. I mean, especially the first three, the Chiefs, Raiders, and Rams. I mean, those are three very good teams. Um, they could start 0-3, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And what this is going to do with D-Hop not being there, you'll have a quarterback, okay, that feels like he needs to do more. A quarterback like Kyler, if I got a receiver like D-Hop, I can have the confidence where he's going to be a certain place. I can put the ball there, and I'm just going to do it because I trust him. I'm telling you, here's the truth. Half the time, Kyler Murray can't see over the lineman either. So if D-Hop is open, he may not even know it, but you know he's supposed to be there, but the trust is there, so I'm going to throw it. So that's not there now. So do I trust the receivers that I have, even though I can't see maybe through the passing window? So now I have to do more, and I'm going to take off. So now the Superman cape comes on, and possibly Kyler Murray has to do more. And, well, maybe he'll take more hits because of it. And durability has been a question for Kyler Murray. So this is the whole thing. D-hop, just a huge subtraction for a quarterback that desperately needs him. Yeah, Teddy, that's right. I mean, 0-3 could easily be the start with the teams that they have to play. And you, you look at Kyler Murray and the games that he has not been with Hopkins, it hasn't been pretty. So with him, he's 8-2. and two. Without him, he's 1-4. and four. Again, when you don't have a go-to guy, you don't have somebody that you could just throw it up to, 
That's a problem. And we've seen him early in the season. He looks great. You see him in the first two months of the season. He's fresh. He's running around people. He's making people miss. He's running for touchdowns. But then November, December, he starts to slow down a little bit because those hits are adding up. Mm. He's getting beat up a little bit. He's not the biggest guy. He's not a big physical presence like a Josh Allen. So that could be an issue, especially in the first six weeks of the season where he's going to have to put more on his shoulders and try and run more or scramble more. He's going to take more hits. The interesting thing about this Kyler situation, beyond the DeAndre Hopkins, in the background is Kyler wanting to get paid. Mm. And the team has still not paid him. Cliff Kingsbury said they intend to, but as, as time goes on, people wonder, they'd be crazy not to. When I ask people around the league, they point to he's, he's the option. He's the offense. If you don't have him on the field, this team's in trouble. So this season, without DeAndre Hopkins, who it seems like he's going to be suspended six games, without him, Kyler's going to be asked to do more. And is that not an incentive to pay Kyler? Is that not a reason for Kyler to say, hey, 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 it is time to pay me because you will be asking for a lot. So that debate about whether he's mature enough, whether he should get the money, some people feel like he shouldn't. But if they don't, what's the future in, in Arizona? That remains to be seen. Yeah, speaking generally, if you have a quarterback that's good enough, you ought to yeah. pay that quarterback. But we shall see how things unfold there in the desert. You saw the updated depth chart. So no DeAndre Hopkins to begin the season, at least we think. Right. But Hollywood Brown. Kyler's former college teammate at Oklahoma could be a very busy man coming out of the gates after being acquired via a trade on draft night from the Baltimore Ravens. Plenty more on the Cardinals throughout the offseason as we await a potential Kyler extension. But coming up, Gronk, he's retired. So that means Brady's going to be without one of his top targets. Is this going to be an issue for the Bucs this upcoming year? Hear why some of their former teammates mm, don't necessarily think so. Plus, Justin Herbert is still looking to play in his first postseason. Could this be the year that he and the Chargers make it? Hear why Teddy thinks Herbert could have an MVP caliber season. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Here's the next UFC Fight Night Saturday from the Apex in Las Vegas with our lightweight main event. The prelims start at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on ESPN2, followed by the main card at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific on ESPN. Both are available on ESPN+, Plus, which you can get by going to ESPNplus.com or downloading the excellent ESPN app. Back here on NFL Live, and we've got Kimberly Martin in the studio. Let's get to some of our top stories of the week. Kimberly, let's begin with the latest on the Deshaun Watson situation. Yeah, Field, last week Deshaun Watson was telling a bunch of reporters and I that he wanted to clear his name. This week he settled 20 of the 24 lawsuits that he is mm. facing. That still leaves four lawsuits pending. Both Watson and the Browns hope that there will be some sort of resolution from the NFL standpoint some point soon. As far as the suspension, that remains to be seen what his punishment will be. Now, Commissioner Roger Goodell yesterday testified before Congress. In more than two hours, he spent answering questions about a variety of topics, including uh, Commander's owner Dan Snyder. <sighs> Roger Goodell did not defend the owner, but defended the $10 million uh, fine that he, uh, you know, that the league put again made Dan, excuse me, Dan Snyder um, have to pay, but said that the Commanders have been in a better place with Dan Snyder taking a back seat. Okay, here is the big news, guys. Rob Gronkowski says he is retiring from football again. Do we believe it? I don't know. But he says, yes, this is it. So now the Bucks have to go on without Rob Gronkowski, the best tight end there ever was. Uh, certainly the most dominant is prime. That much I do believe. And, of course, we've got a pair of Patriots on the show today. And, Nick, I want to ask you if you have any great, memorable Gronk stories to share. And just a reminder, I'll say it quietly. This is a family network, so keep PG. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I have a good one. I'll actually just talk about that one. The rest of them I'll put in my book um, and let people read about it. But anyway, uh, yeah, so early in my career when Grunk was drafted, obviously he was a, a high draft pick. He's a big guy. He's a strong guy. He's a great run blocker. As Teddy knows, we do we did a lot of one-on-ones. So offensive, defensive line, tight end, one-on-ones, outside linebackers, tight end, one-on-ones. And literally every day in training camp, we would just go at it. And when he was young and I was young, we were literally just killing each other, going after it really hard every single day. Well, then as we got older and our careers expanded <laughs> and we were there about five or six years, you know, me and Rob would come together before camp and we'd be like, yo, let's make it sound good. Let's make it look good, but let's not hurt each other. And we, so we'd go out there, we'd do one-on-ones, we'd be like, oh, a lot of grunting, a lot of, lot of sound, you know, like we were really hurting each other, getting after it. And Bill would be over there twirling his whistle, right? And Bill would always stand like kind of looking and he'd look at us and go, what a pillow fight. You know, because he, he knew that he knew he was he he knew that we were in on it. Like we knew that we knew how to block. He knew how to block. I knew how to set the edge. We knew what we were good at. So let's just not let's brother-in-law it a little bit. Let's make it look good because we still gotta put on a show for everybody. But Bill be over there twirling his whistle, just looking at us like, come Always. on, give me a break. You know, but at the end of the day, we saved a little bit for the regular for the regular season. Okay, we weren't trying to put it all out there in training camp. 
Yeah, Nink, I never, I never got to brother-in-law with uh, Rob. I never played with Gronkowski, but we're both Arizona Wildcats, so I got a little taste of the Gronkowski energy when we were both coaches at the Arizona Spring Game, and you could just see the energy that Gronk brought to everyone once he walked out of the tunnel like that, and Gronk caught the football that was dropped like 500 feet up in the air, and he, he did this straight off the plane. Okay, straight off the plane, of course, before he came out, we had to wait a little bit because he had a little bathroom break. But still, coming out, catching the ball, dropped out of a helicopter, boom, world record broken. Arizona Wildcats, everybody singing Bear Down Arizona. And I think I got a taste of what it's like to be with Gronkowski in the locker room. And that's a little piece that, that you're possibly missing here with the Buccaneers because... Nick, you know, the season is a grind. We use the word the grind. You need the guys that make the grind a party, maybe a fiesta, like Gronk does in that locker room. And that's that energy that'll be missed when it is getting hard and you've got a loss, but you've still got Gronkowski and that energy in there. So that little taste of that Gronkowski energy, it's just infectious. And there will be a ne never another one that has just that effect on people's mentality to bring them joy and happiness as Rob Gronkowski. Well, there's no metric to measure energy and what it brings to the locker room, but according to the ESPN's Football Power Index, the Bucks have the fourth best chance to win the NFC based on talent. That's slightly behind the Rams, the Packers, and the Cowboys. They're going to be tested early, though, as the Bucks begin the season. The Cowboys, Saints, Packers, and Chiefs, based on last season's record, that's the hardest four-game stretch to begin for any team this upcoming season. So, Teddy, you dove into it just a little bit there. But with Gronk out of the mix, you have the locker room considerations, but also the on-field impact. Does this take the Bucks out of a top-of-the-NFC team type discussion? You know, Phil, it still doesn't. Um, a couple things have to happen, I believe, as the you know the early months progress in September and October. You have to see if Cameron Brake can be capable and stay healthy. You have to see if Russell Gage can develop that trust with Tom Brady because that's just the utmost importance with Tom. If he doesn't trust you, he won't throw you the ball. So if a couple things like that happen, I mean, they will still be there. I mean, and what happens when you're there, though? when you're in a game with the Rams and it's the playoffs and those those type of uh, plays are different now Gronkowski is not uh, there but these type of players are the ones that are going to have to step up but definitely the Bucks are still there and will compete for not only the NFC South but the NFC Championship. Yeah I agree with Teddy the hardest part is going to be those go-to moments when they need to go to guy in the red zone or in the playoffs, when Tom drops back, he has that comfort level knowing even if Rob is covered, I'm still going to put it in a spot where he'll go up and he'll mm. get it. And he's that big of a guy, and he's been able to do that year in and year out. That's why he has such high production. And I, I think one thing that might be tough for him is, is finding a guy like Gronk that you could put in there for every down in every situation. When they're running the football, and we know they like to run the football, and Tom likes to set up the play-action pass, Gronk is on the field on early downs, and he stays on the field for third down. So the hardest part for their offense now is going to maybe, who do we put in there in those running positions that we've trust in blocking, but then we also need a guy that can go out and catch a ball. 
So they're going to have to rotate guys or have some type of rotation where as a defender, I could think back when we would look at keys on, okay, if this guy comes in, it's high probability run. When this guy comes in, high probability pass. So it's going to be a little bit harder for them to function the way that they were last year and the year before. But they'll they'll be able to figure it out. You could add an extra heavy guy, extra um, offensive lineman in the running game. Um, But listen, Gronk, the guys like that don't grow on trees. So it's going to be tough to replace his talent. Yeah, Nick and I, we're we're both friends with Rob, and we want to respect the decision of the retirement. And, you know, I totally respect that. Hey, you want to call it quits, you call it quits. The Buccaneers' bye week is week 11. Mm. Um, If I were to look at that and say, is it possible? Everyone everyone wants to know, does he mean it? I mean, Rosenhaus is already talking about, you know, if you got a call or anything like that. I think that's a date that can put – the dangers of the the regular season and the wear and tear on Rob Gronkowski's body he would avoid and possibly you know you get the call then Um, but definitely I respect the retirement but you know there's just with the agent already putting that out there Gronkowski you'll be watching as the season comes to a close especially around that bye week Nick if he's going to come back or not think about that you bypass training camp the preseason entirely you get to potentially sign back on for a playoff push. Gronk could be gaming the system if Teddy's forecast is on the money. Next on NFL Live, we're going to take a look at the quarterbacks who are entering their sophomore seasons in the league. Teddy and Nick are going to hand out some superlatives, find out who they think is the most and the least set up to succeed. What is Title IX? Well, it's short for Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972, a major piece of civil rights legislation that was passed 50 years ago this month. And its most monumental part, the part that cleared the way for equity for women and girl athletes at federally funded schools, are these 37 words. 37 words that changed the game forever. No person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity, receiving federal financial assistance. Today marks the 50th anniversary of Title IX, the landmark legislation that prohibits sex-based discrimination in federally funded schools. The law dramatically altered the landscape of sports for women, and 50 years later, athletes like Serena Williams, leagues like the WNBA, legacies like the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team are part of everyday sports conversation. But as we celebrate, equality remains a work in progress. The story of Title IX is still being written. The next 50 years start now. So we're back here on NFL Live and Adam Schefter. Shefty is here to answer all of our burning questions of the offseason. Shefty, the floor is yours. Which second-year quarterbacks are ready to make the jump in their sophomore seasons? The 2021 draft class was hyped up for its quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields. Zach Wilson taking his lumps today. I got to get better. We can't put us in bad situations. Sometimes you're the pinata. And sometimes you're the stick. But only Jones was named to last season's Pro Bowl. And now, each is determined to show its franchise why he was drafted so high. 
Second NFL seasons typically are when some quarterbacks make noticeable jumps. See Burrow just last season. With free agency, the Jags are making some moves. Jacksonville opened its checkbook to protect and surround Lawrence with more offensive talent, such as Christian Kirk and Brandon Scherf. The Jets plucked plenty of talent in the draft, adding Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, and now those teams, along with the Niners and Bears, need their young quarterbacks to play to the level of the spot in which they were drafted. The success of their season is riding on it. Great stuff, as always, from Shefty. So, Teddy, I ask you this. Of those five quarterbacks, we can throw Davis Mills in there as well. Who is under the most pressure? Field, I'll go with Trevor. Um, Number one overall pick. You got everything right now. Last year... It was just a disaster. You got that cleaned up. You got that swept under the rug. And you come out here with a coach in Doug Peterson. And like Adam was saying, so much talent that is around him. Now, I'm not saying you got to go out there and win the Super Bowl, Trev. But you got to come out and show that this program is now in the right direction with the right coach, the right quarterback to be competitive in games. That might be just a victory for them all. It's just to be competitive in them. But Trevor Lawrence has to start to show why he got that number one overall pick. He's got to bottle up his Week 18 performance last year when he was magnificent and turn that into a positive second season. Nico, let me ask you this. Who's taking the biggest jump this year? I'm going with Trey Lance, and you look at the team that's built around him and what he has on the roster, the tight end position, the offensive line, uh, Debo, the the things, they'll figure that out, trust me. But the things that he has around him, the defense, the head coach, the offensive line that they have there to put him in the right positions, I really think last year with the small sample size, I know he got banged up a little bit doing the platooning with Garoppolo. Now we all know that he's going to be the guy. I really think he's going to take a big jump forward this year, especially with the roster. They have a playoff roster. Now he just has to go out there and perform. Yeah, Nick, we're talking about jumps, though. I don't know what Trey Lynch is jumping from. I mean, he just just basically did nothing last year. I mean, showed he had a couple of highlight plays, but that's why my answer is going to be Zach Wilson of the Jets. I mean, struggled last year, absolutely, but watching him as a defensive player towards the end of the year, you start to see if he's an error repeater, if he's making the same mistakes he made early in the year. And there were points as the year finishes where I'm watching him thinking, that's a decision he didn't make early on. So it's almost like coaching started to take effect. So add, add to him more offensive pieces, and all of a sudden, here you see them right here out of free agency and the draft. It's like, okay, Zach, you got everything you need. You had that developmental year. You got the same similar concepts for another season. He should develop, and he should take the biggest jump, in my opinion. That's funny. I actually agree with with Teddy on the biggest jump with Zach Wilson. Two votes for Zach. Yes, because I was there draft day. I was in Florham Park. (laughs) I covered this team. This is the best Jets draft in the history of drafts. Wow. The excitement in the building, I'm telling you, I don't know how good the Jets will be, but Zach Wilson, from what he had last year, you talk about the three first-round picks that they got, plus the free agent additions. Zach Wilson, yeah. He's got to bring it. Okay, so it sounds like Kimberly is saying that Zach Wilson is particularly well set up for success Mm -hmm. this year as Ninko's going through his extensive (laughs) library. But, Ted, let me ask you this. Who do you 
fit, not bad at 40. I'll save that for a later portion of the show. Uh, Teddy, who do you believe is most set up for success in year two amongst these quarterbacks? Man, Field, I'm going to go with my guy Mac over at the Patriots, and mm. I just just thought that they just fed him just enough over the course of last season to where, you know, it was a slow build. It was a slow build, of course. I mean, towards the end, the debacle in the playoffs with the Buffalo Bills, but you still got the playoff experience. So. He knows what to expect now. He here he has the similar voices. Are you bringing Devontae Parker? I think Matt can also look to this year as now I got some input too. And there's Patricia and Judge, however they work out the offensive play call duties. But Matt can say, fellas, I've been here now and I feel comfortable. I'm going to take a little bit more initiative because I know what they want here and I know what that guy Bill Belichick wants. So I think Mac is best set up for a good year too. That is interesting. I'm actually surprised no one has said Trey Lance for most set up. When you think about this San Francisco 49ers team, there's a reason they felt good just adding Trey Lance to the mix because this is a playoff team. We know that. We're not saying that about the Jets or the Jaguars or the Texans or the Bears. We are saying the 49ers are a potential playoff team could get to the Super Bowl. Trey Lance has all the pieces offensively and defensively to be set up really nicely. Especially if they can find some middle ground there with Debo mm-hmm. Samuel, who's yeah. trade request remains. All right, so let's go to the other side of this conversation, which is which of these quarterbacks is least set up to succeed? Ninko, I believe you are doing the show today from <laughs> Illinois, maybe in Chicago. Chicago. Who's your pick? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in Chi-Town. I'm in my mom's basement, actually, and she's making meatloaf tonight. So the quarterback least set up to succeed is he's right down the way. He's right down the way here in Lake Forest. It would have to be Justin Fields. You look at last year, that was a debacle. You look at having to hit the reset button with a new coaching staff, a new offense. He's going to be the guy, but who's going to protect him? What is this team going to be? I think that he's in a bad spot. I mean, he's going to be out there. He's going to have the helm. He's going to be the starting quarterback. But can he go out there and perform with the cast around him? Yeah, Big time year ahead for the Chicago Bears, but certainly a retooling one under a new regime. Teddy, who has the most to prove this year as we get to our final question of this conversation? Yeah, I love this field. I, would, I love how we can have different perspectives for the question, but the same answer, because I'm going to go Trey Lance of the Niners, and Ooh, okay. he has he has the one that's the most to prove, because you almost has to prove that your head coach and manager, your, your general manager, know what they how, know how to evaluate quarterbacks. Red shirt year is over, bro. Okay, the red shirt year is over. Now you got to go in and play. They got Jimmy Garoppolo still there, who's very, very capable, who's taken them to the playoff in one playoff game. So you got to show why you gave up all the draft capital and why they feel you should be the starter. I mean, because you're coming off a time, a very successful season. So definitely Trey Lance has a lot to prove, in my opinion. Listen, if you're the number one overall pick and, they, and your team goes out and they spend the amount of money and they bring in the free agents that you bring in and Trevor Lawrence doesn't ball this year, that's an issue. Mm. When you're the number one overall pick, you have to be the guy, not just for this year or next year, for the next 10 years. So I think that he has to prove to everybody that he was worth that pick. He wasn't just in a college with a ton of great receivers, which he was. So, again, he's going to have to perform this year. It's going to have to be a big year for him. Uh, you're wrong, Rob Rob Gronkowski, Rob Ninkovich, sorry, got Gronk on the brain. So the answer is Trey Lance. He has the most to prove 
because ja Jacksonville took took Trevor Lawrence. He was talked about like he could be the next Andrew Luck. Trey Lance, I said it before, this is a playoff team that the San Francisco 49ers have, a team that could be in the Super Bowl. He's got to bring it Okay, there you have it. Our five first-round quarterbacks from last year looking to make that second-year leap. Speaking of leaps, is this year that the Chargers make the leap into the playoffs? Kimberly thinks they have enough confidence to get them there, but is that all it takes in a loaded AFC West? We'll take a look after the break. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, time now for some read and react, and we start with George Kittle, who appeared on the legendary Bussin' with the Boys podcast, hosted by Titans left tackle Tara Luan and top free agent linebacker Will Compton. Kittle had this to say about Debo Samuel, of course, recently requested a trade. Quote, I know nothing. I haven't talked to John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, or Debo about it. All I know is that in hindsight, I would have paid Debo three quarters of the way through the season, try to do a contract in season for sure. Probably would have been cheaper. Something crazy could happen. I could be eating my words in two weeks, but the Niners have done every major contract. Mine, Fred Warner's, the week before the season started. So my guess is within three weeks, we'll hear news of it, but I have no idea, end quote. All right, Kimberly, what's the latest on Debo Samuel? Well, George Kittle seems to know something because mm. he's right. This is how they typically do their contracts. And as of right now, there's nothing new on the horizon. But John Lynch has said for months, we are not trading this man. He is too vital. So we expect this to get done this, this summer. And George Kittle's right. This is what they do. So be patient, 49ers fans. I'm thinking lots and lots and lots of millions of dollars. That's what I'm lots, thinking. That's my take lots. on the Debo Samuel contract situation. Speaking of lots of money, we go to the Jets where rookie wideout Garrett Wilson touched on an age-old tradition, <laughs> buying a big expensive dinner for his veteran teammates. This on a recent appearance on the Outstanding Pivot Podcast. They did tell me about the dinner. I got to take all the receivers to a dinner. That's going to be cool. I'm excited for that. It's not going to be cool. You know they're going to run that bill up? Like 75000 Oh, yeah, you mean like the, the, the Louis the 13th you're going to have to buy at the restaurant? I'm, nah, they ain't, they ain't doing me for 75K. I ain't going to fake it. Nah, That's, nah, nah. It's the it rookie dinner. It's all of y'all. You're the 10th pick of the draft, too. They know you got 20 guaranteed. Wait, what you say, rookie dinner? It's, he, thinks it, he thinks it's his decision. That <laughs> <laughs> was so cute. <laughs> Nico, this never happened to you. This is classic, by the way. Oh, 
he has no idea what's in store for him. He's so excited for the rookie dinner. But listen, I remember my rookie dinner, and thankfully we had Reggie Bush as the number two overall pick, and then we had Roman Harper in the second round. Then we had Jari Evans. So what we did as the Saints, the rookies, had to pay like tiered, like depending on how high your bonus was. That This was before, this is when the bonuses were real big. Reggie, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so anyway, Reggie had to pay the biggest chunk. I think I had to pay like 5,200 bucks, was was really, really painful for me to pay that. I was nervous. I don't even think my card went through. I think it had to, it canceled. Then I had to call the bank and say, no, no, no. Yeah, like literally I'm like spending 5,200 at uh, Morton's Steakhouse in New Orleans. So yes, it, it was yeah, uh, it was painful, but it could it could have been worse. It could have been worse. Yeah, Nick, I mean, I'm not, I haven't heard of the 75K bills, but definitely 30K is something that I have seen and I maybe have helped contributed to just a little bit. But um, yes. You know you did, Teddy. You know you did. You were coming out with <laughs> bottles of wine. Man, oh. that luxury life think, that Teddy and Patriots veterans used to dine on, make those rookies pay. All right, let's move forward from quarterback, excuse me, from veteran rookie wide receivers. Anything in between, having to pay a bunch of money. But we go instead to Justin Herbert, who has been one of the most productive quarterbacks in NFL history through his first two NFL seasons. Far from a finished product, though. And while Herbert has generated plenty of praise for his on-field ability, his coach, Brandon Steely, is seeing improved intangibles. Steely's saying this to SI.com about Herbert's progress. Quote, I see him around his teammates and those connections he's made going, through his third, going on his third season. Just with new players, brand new players to our team, and being comfortable doing that, and the connections he makes with people around our team who aren't players. I see him making tremendous progress that way, leading our team. I thought he led fantastically last year, but I see a better Justin that way. Hey, let me ask you a question about Justin Herbert, and we're hearing about the stuff he's doing as a leader, but how much better as a player can this guy be? Yeah, Phil, I think this guy can have an MVP season. Mm-hmm. And if I can if I can comment on what Brandon Staley's talking about, he's talking about uh, Herbert and how he is helping other people do their jobs on the field. You just can't do that quarterback, especially that position, until you know your job and you know it well. So once you feel comfortable in your own shoes, in the huddle, in the offense, that's when the great quarterbacks then expand their leadership over to now I got to help getting this young guy right here. I got to help this tight end. I got to help this running back that doesn't know what he's doing. So hearing that gives me even more confidence about what Justin Herbert can be because what the Los Angeles Chargers have to be, they have to get out of the little brother mode because Mm. if they don't break through this year and do something special in that division, the Raiders already bounced them out of this, out of the playoffs last year. You got the Chiefs in there. The Broncos have Russell Wilson. They could pass you up and all of a sudden you're the little brother and considered it the way we used to consider the New York Jets. So that's what you don't want. Mm. So Justin Herbert's got to be the leader of that change. Yeah, and piggybacking off of what Teddy is saying, I, I really think that MVP, if he can be in the 40 touchdown, 10 interception or less club, which he can do that, I really mm. do think that he can he can make that jump because the defensive side of the ball, I think the Chargers, you look at what they have defensively, if they can improve and they can get the ball back to the offense and give Justin more opportunities, he, sky's the limit for what they can do offensively. We know that. But last year, they struggled getting off the field in rundown situations. 
people were running the football all over them. And when you lose the time of possession battle, your offense literally has to score on every possession. So if they are, if they're able to get the ball more, have time of possession on more on their side, well, guess what? The quarterback's going to have an even better year. And I think that they have the opportunity to put themselves in a great spot to not be the little brother. Kimberly, I think we've gotten a taste of this from Brandon Staley's mm-hmm. quotes, but how much confidence is there in that building in Justin Herbert? Field, let me tell you a little story about the mistake I made last year. Okay. Week 13, Bengals were going to host the Chargers, and I talked to Jer- Derwin James, their safety, about Justin Herbert, and I said, this kid, your quarterback, he's great, but, you know, it just, it just doesn't have a, enough swag. Like, he just doesn't have that kind of attitude. And Derwin said, excuse me, do not say that about my quarterback. He has swag. And you know what happened two days later? The Chargers beat up on the Bengals 41 to 22, I believe. Mm, yeah. And after the game, I spoke to Derwin James on camera and he said, how you like us now? How you like my QB? And that, mm, that was yeah. last year. This is, this is a team that is poised. The offseason moves they've made, they have loved this kid from the beginning. But he has all the intangibles, all the tools that you want in a QB that could take you not only to the playoffs, to a Super Bowl. Expectations are high in Los Angeles. That AFC West is literally must-see TV mm-hmm. this upcoming uh, upcoming season. I was going to say off-season because I feel like we've been in it for so long. Football's <laughs> getting have. close. It's almost time. Hey, you know, Tyree Kill's podcast, it needed to be said, has at least one of our analysts asking, does it need to be said? Stay tuned to find out if all this talk is putting too much pressure on Tua. The 76th annual NBA draft is tonight from Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Barring a trade, the Magic have the first pick, followed by Oklahoma City in Houston. Our ESPN draft experts project Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, and Paolo Bancaro as the top three players. 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Our coverage starts at 7.30 on ESPN right after SportsCenter. I'm praying for a few Woj Bombs. Mahomes over the middle. Top Tyreek kill at the 45. Angling right 40. 35. Cheetah. 25. 20. 15. 10. 5. Touchdown! Breaking news happened within the last half hour. Tyreek Hill leaving Kansas City, headed to Miami. Tua or Patrick Mahomes, obviously, like, I'm, I'm going to go with 1-5 as the strongest arm. As far as accuracy-wise, I'm going with Tua all day. I want it to hit me right in the bread basket, just like I did in the Buffalo Bills game until it's 70. I'm surprised a, a little. I mean, I'm sure it had something to do with trying to get his podcast some, some stuff and get it rolling. You kind of let other people talk about who's the best and all that different type of stuff. You just want to go out there and win football games at the end of the day. You see, Patrick Mahomes hasn't figured out because while all these comparisons have been taking place between Tua and Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes recognizes that Tyreek Hill's got a new podcast, and he's just trying to climb (laughs) those Apple Podcasts and Spotify charts. So while Tyreek Hill was previously assertive in his stance that Tua was the more accurate quarterback, he seemed to kind of soften it in a most latest episode of It Needed to Be Said. Like, we all know Patrick Mahomes is great. We're like, we know that. Right. We know that. He's great. No, but... Right now, I'm going in like I'm going into a new season right. with a new quarterback who's trying to head in the same direction as Patrick, right. you know, and do great things and lead right. this team to a Super Bowl championship, right. you know. So who's also great. Who who's also great in my our opinion? He just in, in, in my opinion, he just doesn't have the accolades behind he it. He just doesn't so have the as accolades of yet. of yet. Right. So you know, I I mean, I believe in him. Kimberly, by the way, a great podcast host in her own right. Uh, let me ask you, how much added pressure do these comments put on Tua? 
And he didn't need to say anything. Do you see how he's backpedaling right now? Listen, I get what Tyreek was trying to do. He's in a new system. He's happy about He wants his new quarterback, his young quarterback, to feel good. I get it. However, anytime you mention somebody like Tua, who has, like he said, he does not have the accolades. We don't even know mm. if Tua will finish the season as their starter mm. or be their starter next year. They have an opportunity for him to take the reins and do that to get them to the playoffs, but he hasn't done any of that. So Tyreek Hill unwittingly is putting more pressure on a young quarterback who came into the season where there are no more excuses. This is a franchise that got rid of the head coach, did not, did not draft Justin Herbert, picked Tua, and that have revamped their roster to give him every reason to win. So now he has to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, guys, just trying to understand the players on the podcast type of thing. It's like, why do we all need a podcast? Hey, if hey, I'm hey. a head coach, I'm like, I'm like, fellas, just stay away from two words. Is it podcast two words? Po- whatever. Podcast. <laughs> stay away from the podcast. Because, Nick, Nick, these guys get comfortable and they just start talking. And all of a sudden, you, you pump the brakes. You hear the backpedal. Tyree Kill. I, I, I understand what he was trying to do Nink, but I mean just just it looks comfy too you got the couches yeah. you got the headphones and everything but the podcast we got to stay away from these can we can we pump the hype breaks on Tua please I know like listen yes yes Tyreek just got paid he's in, he's yeah. in Miami I know that's his quarterback but we listen we would need to see Tua play in a full season I mean I'm talking like can we play 17 games can we not miss a handful of games because of some type of injury or something going on. So first, he's got to play a full season. Mm. And the accolades and the comparison between him and Patrick Mahomes, I mean, come on. It's it's not even close. But anyway, I understand it's his teammate. He's trying to pump him up. But let's pump the brakes a little bit on the hype. Let's pump it. Let's just see him play. That's all I want to see. Let's see him play. But that's it. That's okay. all I so got. We're, we're tapping the brakes a little bit on the hype train here for Tua. Understood. Get a step. But, Daddy, just quick counterpoint. we got about 30 seconds here before we move on. What is it that Tua does well that can make him difficult to defend? Just, just real quick here at Field. I mean, within the – I'd say the first couple games, dude – Show that you got some Mahomes in you. Throw it deep, mm-hmm. all right? Show these defenses, yes. I got Tyree Kill. I got Waddle. I know what I need to do. And just throw it and let them get it. Because once they do, and if he completes that early and it's on film, oh, now these defenses will be like, now he's got it figured out because yeah. you know he's got the accuracy in the short game. That way. Huge year ahead for two. We've got time for one-ish more things, and let's go to the Patriots, who announced they're bringing back their classic throwback uniforms. They were red for select games in 2022, and the video was fantastic. A Back to the Future-style video on their (laughs) social media accounts. We had two Patriots on the show, of course. They had the honor of wearing these. Teddy, start with you. What's your favorite memory from these red uniforms? Making plays and winning games in these red uniforms. I got the same helmet. Look at this. I got the helmet right here on that Pixie. This is the very same helmet right there. And I would put this on right now, but this hair don't mess around. I'm not going to do it. That's why. Bam. Let's go, Reds. Hey, nothing nothing like a walk-off sack fumble recovery to end the game against the Jets and the throwbacks. It's like I, I love it. I love the throwbacks. I'm happy they're back. I can't wait to see the Pats run out of the tunnel with those on. They're sharp. They're beautiful. 
From, beautiful. Uh, from red uniforms to a sort of red carpet moment. We couldn't forget about Kimberly and her red shoes. Didn't quite go as well for you <laughs> oh recently. Is at the conclusion of a recent NFL Live. What kind of shoes are those, Kimberly? <laughs> Lubes. Oh, red the red bottom oh, shoes. Oh, what happened oh. to the bottom? What happened to the rest of that heel? They're on IR. If you're a cobbler out there in the New York City area and you want to help Kimberly resurrect those beautiful shoes, hit us up here at NFL Live. We are back tomorrow. Enjoy the end. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.